Welcome to the Trinity Radio Podcast. This podcast has a video component found at youtube.com slash Braxton Hunter. This means you might miss some visual aspects of the show, but it shouldn't have a serious negative effect. We'd love it if you'd run over to the YouTube channel real quick and subscribe. And if you enjoy this content, do us a favor. Take a moment to give us a five-star review on iTunes and mention a couple of things you like about the podcast. If you really appreciate the show, you can help make it better and get extra content for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash trinity radio. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Trinity Radio, the Friday live stream. I'm Braxton Hunter, and along with me is Jonathan Pridgett. And over there, over there is the beautiful downtown live stream of Evansville, Indiana, out our window, and the beautiful, beautiful Ohio River. <laughs> it is beautiful. It may not no, be it's safe, not. But it's, it's beautiful. It's sludgy looking. Well, In Arkansas, rivers are blue. Here we are today, and um, Pritchett's a little out of focus, but maybe that means something. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that you're all here with us. Thank you for showing up for the hey. Friday live stream as we're going to be talking about a deconversion experience that is had by a somewhat large, you know, large-ish YouTube channel. When you're talking about worldview stuff, it's a pretty large channel. And um, uh, I, I just stumbled across this when I was looking at deconversion stories, and at first, it struck me just, you know, as kind of the standard fare. But here we have something that's a little unique. Now, before we get to that, let's just uh, jump into a little bit of the... Oh, no, I don't have my uh, utilities up. Okay, first we have from Jeremiah Apple, 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 Apple. I'm going with Apple. Okay, Jeremiah. And thank you, Punchbowl Haircut, for reminding me that those are Swedish krona or krona. Krona sounds more sci-fi, but Krona. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> Klingon money or something. But thank you, and thank you for doing the conversion for me, and thank you for that uh, super chat. I so, so appreciate that. And, um, hey, look, uh, Derek was so vocal on the last one, and uh, he showed up and uh, said, made it just before they began. It's becoming a routine to watch live. I'm so glad it's your routine. Yeah. Um, it's Friday. Got, 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 get down on Friday. <laughs> Isaiah Braxton says, and Jim Amberg, I went water skiing in the Ohio River once, only once, and then got pink eye. Oh, man. Well, that's not a surprise. This year didn't grow a third right. limb, though. So, I mean, call it a win. I, I have never so much as dipped a toe in it. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm well, okay. Toxic rivers. Pritchett, anything you want to say before we get started? Um, that doesn't have to do with fitness, anything at all. That doesn't have to do with fitness. Yeah, you all, you know, you, it's no. You, people ask me about it. I don't just mention that stuff. I have a whole channel dedicated to that. If you want to hear me talk about it, go subscribe to Theology Geek Fitness. But yeah, you know, we haven't um, we haven't plugged the seminary in a while. Just yeah. So lots of cool things are happening. Um, we've got a, a bunch of professors preparing courses for the next catalog. I'll just throw up the. That's yeah. the link. That's yeah. actually a Trinity and, Radio extra and banner, so but Trinity's Theological Seminary, uh, Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary is just better every year, man. It's just Jonathan you know, Pritchett, yeah. Leighton Flowers, Chris Date, Tim Stratton, Chris Featherstone, Jim Chatham, Daphne Washington, and a bunch of others. Yeah, Steve Gregg on occasion. Elbert Elliott. Yeah, Elbert Elliott. 
It just it just keeps getting people better. you've heard of. Yes. At Trinity, you can go somewhere where they don't ever debate anybody, and they and they're you don't don't necessarily know what's going on out there in the world, or you. That sounds rude. There's some one look. No, that's true. There I say it all. No, I say it all the time. I say it all the time. Look, we're a seminary you can afford with professors you've heard of. Yeah. No, there's no. I'm not a no. If Christian professors at other seminaries did stuff, you know, instead of, I mean, all they do is maybe most of them are like me and don't even publish books. But some of them they publish, publish comments on our YouTube videos. They, they just occasionally publish books or journal articles no one will ever read, and they don't get out there and engage the culture. That's on them. That that our professors are interested in the great conversation and and I just had a is, conversation with okay. a music business professor at Belmont University in Nashville, mm-hmm. and who's wanting to uh, who's wanting to begin a program in apologetics. Yeah. Perhaps here we'll see. Yeah, so we get. Never know. I mean, we had what the guy from. Uh, we have a lot of people that 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 uh, want to come to Trinity that have secular doctorates who come here uh, to get their theological training. Yep. Uh, for a long time, the president of Nashville School of Law, I think, yeah. was a, uh, he's a graduate. I don't know if he's president there anymore. Who's the tallest among all of you at Trinity? Without question, Steve Gregg. He's taller than Leighton Flowers. Yeah. I think. And Leighton would be the runner up. Yeah. I'm 5'8". F- all right. Let's- I sit up taller than poor posture Hunter here, but I'm going to buy you... A- Speaking of stuff, I was at Walmart yesterday, and I was this close, and I may go back this weekend. But I was this close to buying. Uh, I was looking at their their little stuff in their fitness equipment area, you know, and they Here had these go. posture correctors, and I, I I was so close to to buying you a posture corrector. Well, I'm glad you didn't waste your money. All right, let's, yeah, because you'd never use it. That's why let, I don't. Let's go on to the first clip now. This is Joshua. Tongol, I think is how you pronounce it. And uh, the only thing that comes like he's get this is his deconversion experience. And he says right at the beginning, and I'm not getting into Bible and philosophical arguments and all that sort of thing. I'm, I'm not here to debate. I'm just telling you what what my experience is. OK, fair enough. Um, and he begins by telling how he grew up in a Christian family and like he was in this. And here's a little bit of his testimony before deconversion. I got involved in ministry when I was pretty young, you know, in leadership, and um, I taught apologetics at a Presbyterian church. Um, I was even assistant youth director at uh, Assemblies of God. Um, I was a pastor at a Southern Baptist church, and I was an evangelist at uh, another Assemblies of God church in California. And so I eventually became a missionary to the Philippines. And, you know, so I was basically, this was my life. You know what I'm saying? Um, I even went to school studying theology, got my bachelor's degree in theology, got my master's. Um, I study a lot of apologetics um, ever since I was 17. And even with like, you know. Now, just so everyone knows real quick. Um, well, hold on. Here we go. Just so everyone knows, he didn't just get his bachelor's and his master's in stuff related to this. He got a degree from Biola University, which for a long time has been considered the apologetics school. Um, and I, and I Jonathan Pritchett is a I graduate of Biola. Yeah. Tim Stratton's a graduate of Biola. Tim Stratton. Yeah. Lots of people. Lots of people in this space. And, and it, yeah, and it's interesting because that, that was 
the premier apologetics institution as far as name recognition and branding and all that went as far as evangelicalism is concerned. And so just Trinity, of course, has you and me and Tim Stratton. But see, so here's, here's what we did. Speaking, so Tim Stratton, brought, didn't he go to Biola too? Yeah, I yeah. just you said Tim Stratton. I just said, Chris, did Chris go? Chris Day? No, no, okay, no, he went to Fuller. I, well, I knew he went to Fuller, but I thought maybe before. Yeah, before. he went to Fuller. Like, but Nick then, went but then before but, you but go what on, we did. But since, I just want to say okay. this real quick. But what we did, because you said that you know that was the apologetic school, is uh, the reason why we're a better apologetic school than Biola, and I could say that because I went there, go Eagles, and all that. But look. Dr. John Mark Reynolds said something uh, that stuck with me. He said, you know, he was our cultural apologetics course uh, lecturer. And he's like, you know, um, it's, it's really easy to, to do better than I do. All you have to do is do everything I do right and do nothing we do wrong. And so that was my philosophy. And you were like, Yeah. So exactly. when I got here at Trinity, it's like, okay, we're going to do everything Biola did right and nothing they did wrong and we're automatically better. That was yep. good advice that I received at Biola that now makes Trinity a better program. Yep, and Kevin Lewis, who you had on Trinity Radio Extra for an awesome interview about demons and exorcism yeah. and stuff, he said, he said, you said something like Trinity is the best seminary on the planet, and he put... Trinity is the second best seminary on the right. planet. And I came along and said, Kevin Lewis says Trinity is the second best seminary. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but anyway, uh, so and then he got yeah. his he got a master's from Talbot. Which is School Biola. of Theology, which is Biola. So, so this guy wasn't, when he says that he, and he's going to say it if he hasn't said yeah. it, that he sat under some of the heavyweights in the world of apologetics, uh, he did. Yeah. That's not, that's. And, and he was a Presbyterian Assembly of God Southern Baptist, too. Which is going to come things. back yeah. in just a few minutes. We're going to yeah. talk about that. So but he let's, knows evangelical So let's let him continue. Okay. We call some of the evangelical heavyweights of the apologetic scene. There um, you go. I was able to sit under some of those guys and. So like I said, this was my life. I was all about sharing the gospel, uh, preaching, defending the faith, etc., etc. And so just like as a lot of people do when they study apologetics, which is basically a defense of the faith, um, I, I started asking a lot of questions, right? And I was asking a lot of these questions about, you know, the, the big questions of life and just starting. Bernie the fifth or Bernie V. <laughs> Thank you so much. For that substantial super chat, Woo-hoo. so appreciate that. And you didn't even want to make a comment. You're just you're just sharing the love, man. I so appreciate. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that donation. Um, all right, let's get back to this guy now. Studying different religions, uh, philosophies, worldviews, and um, cults, what we would consider cults, and so I was really absorbed in that. You know what I'm saying? Just studying day and night and always wanting to know what other religions believe so I can critique them. And but but through all this time, if I were to be honest now and to look back, right in retrospect, as I was studying a lot of these different worldviews and religions, I was already assuming that that my view, the Christian worldview, was true. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I would always poke holes in these different religions and the different religious texts and be like, you know, this is inconsistent, this contradicts such and such, or this version of God is very uh, violent and disturbing, you know what I'm saying? And so it's very easy for me to do that, right? But when it came to my own faith, and when I would notice inconsistencies or contradictions even in the Bible, or even see like disturbing behaviors of God in both the Old and in the New Testament, 
it's like I didn't apply the same standard that I would do when I would study different religions, you know? Okay, well, we're going to keep going with that, but but I just there's some interesting developments here. Bernie Five, <laughs> that's how I'm going to say it, Bernie. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Logan's Run from the late 70s, early 80s. Do you know late 70s? Did you ever see Logan's Run? Yeah. Logan's Run, you know, you have you have a number after your name because that's the yeah. iteration of you that has come. So Bernie Five, um, uh, thank you for that that five dollars more. Golly, Bernie. I mean, just your generosity is amazing. Ever since the pandemic started, I have become e-religious. I have, I'm doing church services online. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. I, like I, I could have put yeah. that up there if, I, if I'd thought about it. i got to move old Tongle out of the way. And uh, then, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Damascus Road Apologetics for that incredibly substantial super chat. I'm just blown away. Uh, having lunch with Braxton and Jonathan. Remember me, Enan, Enon. I'm going to go with Enon from Facebook. Yes, I saw that. In fact, hey, I Christian, shared it on yeah. my timeline. Thank you so much yeah. for that. Uh, putting it up on the TV. It's super cool guy. I don't ever think about people watching Trinity Radio on TV. Like very few people, very few people will get the, the rare, I'll like their comments, but I usually like his stuff. Yeah, and Enon, I don't know if you meant to do that, but you just gave the same amount and the same message twice, and that's a lot of money. So if if you didn't mean to do that, contact me. We'll figure something out. But thank you so, so much for that, those super chats. Um, all right, uh, what, uh, look, we got Matt Jackson in the house. We got Hindus in the house. We got... Isaiah Braxton and the programmer in the house. Fantastic. All right, let's get back to let's get back to Tongle. Thanks. So if I were to see a contradiction in the Bible, in my version of the Bible, the Protestant one, you know, I would just be like, oh, well, it, it can be reconciled somehow. Or this version of God just seems very disturbing. Very, it's very clear. It's very apparent that, you know, it just seems wrong that this God would command genocide and infanticide or even God's people. You know, that there's a sense of, of um, tribalism that was going on in the Bible. Okay, there's more that I want to... There's like a minute left on that clip, but let's put us up big again. I always forget to do that. But he, here's the thing that I, that I really want, and Pritchett, you can formulate your comments, but he immersed himself in as a, as a functioning young man who's a functioning minister. He's a functioning young man and a functioning minister. And he immersed himself in other worldviews, but... In my opinion, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like we have a major world religions course here at Trinity, and um, most of your schools will have major world religion, whether they're you know a religious school or not. Um, and so it's good to be aware of yeah. thought in the world and religious perspectives and all kinds of worldviews, particularly the major world religions. And of course, we have a cults class. He talked about cults. The, 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 now here's the problem: it appears that he went to study those other faiths. And the, gosh, I know that if he sees this, he's not going to like my saying this. So just know, um, Joshua, that if you see this, I know how I sound to you right now. But I have to say this. I just have to. You went out into, the, into these other faiths and began studying them without a solid understanding of the some of the most obvious defenses of the Christian faith and with maybe a biblical misunderstanding of some things related to the Christian faith. I'm going to explain why I say that 
but it will become obvious as we move through this thing. Now, I recognize that you were preaching and traveling the world and doing all that. But let me tell you something. As a guy who used to have a ministry very much like that at a very young age, like you did, um, I was traveling and preaching when I was uh, 25 years old, all over the place, all over the world, in the Philippines, as a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, you were too. better back then, too. And, <laughs> but, as far as preaching but, goes. But here's a, but here's We've a, got the old tapes for the patrons on that one. Yeah, I haven't released them for the patrons. Oh, have you still not? No, I never have. No, no. we promised in that sermon on sex I, that I you know. talked about. I know. I don't yeah. know what happened to man, it. Man, I've heard it. It Man, he was a... That loud mouth, leather lunged, red face. Used to breathe fire, yeah, man. Yeah, man, it's awesome. I've, I've, he's uh, gotten soft in his I've old gotten age. Gotten liberal and soft, and yeah, all that. But, but no, here, here's the thing. Uh, I'm not really liberal, depending on what you mean. Um, what am I trying to say? So he, so I know what it's like to go out there and be preaching and dumping the pulpit and and no and saying some really true good stuff, without necessarily having all the answers that the people in the pews might think that I have. Now, I'm not trying to insult you, but there are some things that we're going to find out during the course of this that, um, that I think might demonstrate that a little bit. Um, I, gosh, I don't even like saying that because that sounds like such a jerk thing to say. Like but, you're condescending. Yeah, I don't mean to be condescending, but I don't know. But, but hey, you know what? Let's go. And on. hey, it was you, not me. That's, yeah, I'm well, happy about I'm that. I'm just, I, you know, sometimes when you're People talking. People should not like you as much as they don't like me. Well, I love I, Joshua. Joshua, I do love you. Yeah, I but I mean, you, I'm talking about him not liking you. I know, and I love you, and I want you to, to come to Christ. Um, but at the same time, when there's false stuff being preached, and and this is given as an explanation of why maybe you shouldn't be so gung-ho about uh Christianity because of the reasons I'm giving you, he's giving you, well, then I'm sorry. Sometimes we got to hit it bluntly. And uh, let's finish out this clip. Um, there are these things that I would notice as I would read it throughout the years that I just kind of, you know, I don't know if I want to say being denial, but it just, I wouldn't just clear out and say, okay, this is not right. You know, because I would already assume that the Bible was 100% true and God is good all the time. So all these supposedly apparent evil things that God is doing is just a mystery to me. I just had to plead mystery or God's ways are higher than my ways, you know. But like I said, if it came to another religious text, it's easy. Oh, that's just not good. That version of God or Allah or blah, blah, blah. So like I was saying, the, the standards I would apply differently to my own faith. And don't get me wrong, like I understand you don't have to hold on to inerrancy, which is the view that, you know, all scripture um, you affirm that all of it's true, you know, uh, theologically, scientifically, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have to hold on to inerrancy in, in order to be a Christian. I'm just telling you that these were the things that were starting to trouble me um, several years ago. Okay, so let, let's talk about that. First of all, I see a—I'm so glad you're here, Peace Prevails, and um, welcome. So glad that you're here. This is our Hindu listener and says, but I don't think that Christianity is false. Jesus Christ's teachings are more pertinent than ever. Well— I, let, let me let me be uh, let me be tender and straightforward about this. Um, hopefully, in a friendly way, uh, I'm glad that you find the teachings of our Savior valuable. Um, the thing is, if you believe that, then it it brings us to a point of the exclusivity of the Christian faith. That is, if you're granting the the Scripture of Jesus and and that what He's saying is true and that and that it's pertinent and important. Well, then in places like John chapter 14, where Jesus indicates that he's the only way to the Father, this is where Christians build what is called 
um, the doctrine of ex exclusivity. Now, I hate that name for the doctrine because what it sounds like we're saying is we're so special. We're better than everybody else. We've got the corner on the truth and, and it's exclusive. And that's not the way we mean that. What we mean is that it's that the way to God is exclusively through Jesus. And we're not, I'm not special. I'm a flawed human being just like everybody else. Um, maybe more flawed than a lot of people. And I don't have the answers, but listeners to the show have heard me say before, I don't have the answers. Pritchett doesn't have the answers. I can't help you. I can't save you. But he does. Jesus does. And I am like, I'm not the first person to say this. I don't really know where this came from, uh, but I think maybe Martin Luther, but I am just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. That's all it is. Um, but if you believe what Jesus says and you think it's important, then you have to go all the way. And Jesus said that he was the only way. So uh, Pritchett, want to add anything to that? Nope. Okay. Uh, but glad uh, that amen. you're here. Yeah, amen. Uh, but glad... Uh, uh, yeah, and, and it, well, I do want to add that that's just a neutral statement of fact. We're not saying we're not we're not saying that to be mean, as if well, you know, ours is better. Or what we're just saying, Christianity is a particular belief system that is that if it is true, then all other religions are false, and that's that's just the way it is. Yeah. So like I, I'm, we not, shouldn't, I'm not uh, trying to be mean about that. I'm just saying that it's we're just stating facts. If it, there were different denominations yeah. that believed slightly different things about mathematics, but we we discovered that two plus two equals four, or someone you know generously revealed to us that two plus two equals four, we wouldn't be being arrogant or anything to say right. two plus two equals four. Yeah, you know. Um, but all right, uh, not that you suggested we were. Uh, so so here's the thing. He says that he presupposed his position rather than familiarizing himself with some of the answers to this. Now, now he brought up contradictions in the Bible so far, but he didn't give us any. This is the problem with the charge of contradictions in the Bible. And I'm aware he said, I'm not here to talk about the Bible or give you philosophy or anything else. But if you want me to be convinced by what you're saying, then I need examples. If you don't give me examples of contradictions in the Bible, that I can then look at and, and figure out, is that a contradiction? If so, how should I feel about it? Then I, it's just all it becomes is an assertion. It doesn't mean it's not one of your reasons or, or a good or bad reason or whatever else, but you didn't give me anything to work with there. Now, here's the other problem with the contradictions thing. He says at the end of that clip, Dr. Pritchett, that he recognizes that if he discovers that the Bible is inerrant, that there are people who are Christians who have a different understanding of inerrancy or don't believe in inerrancy, but are still um, committed Christians. And as we've said before, if God exists and God raised Jesus from the dead, Christianity is true, period. So he throws it out there like, I understand that, 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 you, that that's the case, but then never follows up on that. So um, well, he doesn't have to say everything he has a grievance with in one video either. I'm not going to tag him with that. I'm just saying me watching it, I don't, you're, you're, you're people, giving. Yeah, well, in his defense, though, he's just saying this, when people give personal testimony, he's not going to go through if he did a whole video on Bible mm -hmm. contradictions, and he'd probably list some of the ones he had trouble with. But here he's just giving, I'll, I'll cut him some slack Okay, cut him but, but I, but, Am I the bad cop today? Are you the good cop and I'm the bad cop? I guess so. What is happening? But 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 to your point, uh, I agree with, with your point that if you recognize that, you, that inerrancy is not a requirement for Christianity, then your problems with the contents of the Bible 
does nothing to make Christianity false because mm-hmm. if God exists and God raised Jesus from the dead, Christianity is true regardless of how you feel about the contents of the Scripture's literature. So I, I, that, to me, suggests not that he couldn't give a list of things in the Bible that he thinks are contradictory, whether it's in the Gospels or comparing the number of horses and chariots in Solomon's state, you know, whatever. Wherever you want to go with that, not that he couldn't list those things, but if he recognizes that inerrancy is not an essential doctrine of, of salvation and Christian faith, if he recognizes that, then why would you even, why would the contradictions bother you at all if you know that you, you can affirm that, yeah, maybe it's not inerrant and still be a Christian? That always, those kinds of things, that it's not like Bart Ehrman. Like, Bart Ehrman's like his whole faith came crumbling down because of the inerrancy thing, right? Mm-hmm. Once he mm-hmm. figured out the Bible could be wrong, okay. Then he jumped the non sequitur to, therefore, Christianity's false, mm-hmm. right? This guy, too smart for that, so it makes me think that this is not his central problem. Now, maybe he has, you know... I'll tell you what I think. Maybe he has some sort of problems with some of the, the violence, right, in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more understandable, but that still doesn't say anything about whether or not, historically, Jesus rose from the dead right. either. Right. And so if he was... You know, at, at Biola and, and and all through Talbot, I can attest that the resurrection is their number one thing. It sure, really. That's number well, amen. one. Amen. It's Christianity's yeah, number one. Yeah, right. Thing. And so, and as far as a historical, so fact. why he why why he would not mention that that in his opening thing that we just listened to. Yeah, that I'm not convinced that Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah. Because you don't need inerrancy for that. You don't really... I mean, if you say... And he knows that. Or should know that if yeah. you paid attention. I, I, well, that's my concern. Not everyone makes... Not everyone has, you know, highest honors like I, I did on their, <laughs> on their diploma. Real quick here, uh, Jim Amberg said, gives us $20. Thank you, Jim yeah. Amberg, and not even a statement. If you post a statement later, I'll throw it up there, Jim. Thank you yeah. for being here. Love you so much. So Appreciate I'm wondering you, brother. Something else, because all I've heard this. Well, we're gonna get to. Yeah. I I have suspicions. Yeah. I don't like to judge people's like what they're thinking. But yeah, we're not psychologizing over the thing. What I'm saying is. No, I'm saying I don't like to, but I'm going to. Well, I'm just giving the benefit <laughs> of the doubt that if he's clever enough to understand that he doesn't need to affirm inerrancy, and then he's just picking at nits about. Well, I don't. My sensitivities don't sit well with the violence in the Old Testament that this God is doing, yeah. you know, and this is, it reminds me of something Chris Featherstone posted in our group the other day, you know, um, excuse me, we're still calling, he just got, a, we're still calling Dr. Chris, mm-hmm. it's still Dr. Chris, and then we'll call him Chris again later, but Dr. Chris Featherstone uh, posted something about the annotated, uh, or the skeptics annotated Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and, and it was, it reminded me of some of the issues that people have with the contents of Scripture. And I am kind of sympathetic, right? Because churches and seminaries, uh, not our seminary, and certainly not Trinity Radio, where we've done episode after episode defending God's genocide, so to speak, because it's not genocide, if you actually understand. But the, the, the church and a lot of seminaries, uh, you've done a video. People don't know the Bible's contents as well as they should. Even people who are interested in, in theology and, you know, theology nerds or whatever. The church does a poor job. We, we do a great job of 
pleading and begging people to read their Bibles without preparing them for what they'll find in it. (laughs) You know, and so I get sympathetic to this because, you know, the Bible's a rough book. And when you start from Genesis, you know, my family, we've been going through our devotionals. We're like, what, two, three years into this nightly devotional thing now, and we're just in Judges that's a fun conversation with contemporary teenagers about this stuff. Sure. I mean, I have a you know a son and a daughter in the house, mm-hmm. and of course anything violent in it. I mean, we just we just uh, read um, going through Judges. You know, um, <laughs> anything that's violent, mm-hmm. like Samson mm-hmm. or whatever. My son is obviously that's and Samson's not a good person, right? I mean, he's right, not yeah. a good guy. He's a horrible right. person. But everything that's violent, Noah's like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and then whenever my wife and daughter kind of grimace at it and stuff, he gets it. I mean, he, he, he's like uh, C.S. Lewis's chronological snobbery defender on steroids. <laughs> he's like, well, modern people are just too sensitive. You don't know what it was like back in the yeah. ancient, you know, blah, blah. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting when you, when, when you read that because not a lot of people— are familiar with what kind of stories are in the Bible, specifically yeah. the Old Testament. And I think the church does a pitiful job at teaching hermeneutics, does a pitiful job of preparing them for the contents and how to read those contents in their ancient context. So I have to say I am a little bit sympathetic with people, even seminary students who aren't as familiar they're familiar with what we say about those kinds of things more than they are actually familiar with the text itself yeah. when you read it and that's one of the things you've made videos about yeah. this you know your short little video about didn't understand you know steve Gregg tries to go through the whole bible with people mm-hmm. so that they know what it is mm-hmm. and what it isn't mm-hmm. and you know we have a, a proof texting kind of way of treating the bible uh in sermons and everything yeah. else that that people will take a, a, a random Bible verse from Judges or something that's just a random sentence that they find inspirational in and of itself. And then when they read the chapter it's from, they're horrified. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I mean, we, this, some of this, I'll say, is on evangelicalism. Yeah. So right. uh, P says, I know you wouldn't accept that, but the only reason I have the Hindu faith is because I cannot look at Islam or Buddhism or say that they are false or fake. I just got Mere Christianity, by the way. Well, fantastic. Mere Christianity is a modern classic um, from the 20th century. But, yeah. um, and by my favorite author, uh, one of two favorite authors. But um, Who's the other one? Well, I've really been into Dostoyevsky for the past three years. That's right. That's right. But, um, but here's the thing I, w- I want to say in response Thanks to that. Thanks to who? This is the, you putting me on the thing. I I'm, made you. Yeah. I was like, please read this. Yep. So... I'm trying to say something. Because if you would have said Jordan Peterson, I would, I would have spewed. No, I was into it before I was aware of Jordan Peterson. That's right. But, uh, but okay, look, now, I got something to say. Okay. So I get the sentiment piece behind what you're trying to say here. And so, but i just giving you something to think about. Just think about this and roll it around in your head and, and see what, what it's like. I noticed that you said in another comment something like that um, – you know, God may be beyond logic and, and things like that. And certainly we would all say as Christians that we don't think we can ever have exhaustive understanding of God um, because he's God. Right. Uh, however, um, what we what we do know is that things that are contradictory uh, aren't things that they're impossibilities like a square circle, a 
married bachelor and things like that. And I know that Western and Eastern logic can see things from a slightly different perspective here, but the truth is, um, if, if, if Christianity says that Jesus died on the cross and the Quran says he did not die, they did not crucify him, they, those both can't be true. And so, you know, at least on that point, one of them's right and one of them's wrong. Another thing I saw that you mentioned was, and I hope you don't feel like I'm picking on you. I'm, I'm just trying to respond to what I've heard you say. I hope it's helpful in some way, or at least maybe we can give each other some things to think about. But when you mentioned that, hey, when I've been in mosques or when I've been in churches, I've, I've, I've felt something. There's something that there's, a, I've sensed something. I have too. Um, in 2018, I, I lived in Turkey for a month and went into a lot of mosques. And, uh, and I know what you're talking about, but I would, I would mention a couple of things. First of all, not everything that we sense is necessarily a good thing, even if it might feel like a positive experience. Um, we believe, and you believe, in both positive and negative supernatural forces. And secondly, um, it, it's, it's also the case that when we're in a grand place with stunning architecture, and there's this a certain kind of music and just a vibe going on, just our human, just just our human, just our brains can can manifest a kind of a feeling or a sense. I'm just giving you some things to think about there. Um, but the biggest thing would be that these religions make contradictory truth claims on their core beliefs, and so um, I, I would I would consider that. All right, uh, let's see where where are we at now? Somebody, uh, su we got a super chat from Slam R N, the 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 house bouncer here and on several other channels. Um, uh, thank you so, so much, Slam Jim, Jim Amberg, you win today. Wait till next week. Wait, I don't know. Well, I can't wait that. till next week, I guess, because he showed up first or something. I, I don't know. Or maybe, I don't know. All right, let's 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 jump on to, oh, so on the, you hit on this a bit, Pritchett, but let me go ahead and say it. So one of the, one of the most obvious response, so if he went to Biola mm -hmm. in the past, what, let's say 10 years, at least, he was yeah, exposed to Paul Copan. He was exposed to, you know, the books at least. Yeah. He he would have to know. I mean, William Lane Craig, who is everybody at Biola's hero or supposed to be, and William Lane Craig quotes Paul Copan's book, Left, Right, and Center, when this yeah, comes up. Yeah, you'll read Reasonable Faith in at least, at least five different classes. Yeah. William and, Lane Craig's bait, okay? Yeah. You know how many times I saw William Lane Craig at my summer residencies? Not much. None. You, okay. know, you know how many? You know, you know how many classes that he facilitated? No. He, he a research professor, and I think he teaches one class in the philosophy department every other year. Okay. He's just bait okay. for Biola students. There's a super chat that you're going to love here in a second. Okay. Before we get to it, let me just say he would be aware then of Paul Copan's answer to these things, which is Joshua would be aware that um, that when it comes to these what are called the atrocities in the Old Testament and these things that seem like genocide and all that sort of thing, is that you know, if you don't believe the stories are true, okay, well then you don't believe God did anything evil because you don't believe it's true, right? But if you're going to grant that it's true for the sake of consideration to see, does the God that's presented here seem just? Well, then you're doing an internal criticism and you got to grant, okay, for at least for this thought experiment, I'm going to assume that all this is true and see how it works. Well, if you do that, then you recognize that God had given the Canaanites, um, uh, a long time to to uh, 400 years to repent because he's a merciful God. And they were child sacrificers. And you want to talk about things not seeming very nice and happy and drywalled and air-conditioned. How about that? How about causing your children to pass through the fire? 
um, sacrificing them to a false god and all kinds of other things they were doing. They were warmongers themselves. Yeah, and for in case you see this video and for the sake of our audience who may have not missed it, we need to link our videos that talk about this. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. In the past so that I'll we do don't that. have to rehash everything. Yeah. Um, well, but, but I do want to rehash because we've Well, I mean, some of it, yeah, but I mean... Well, we've, but here's the thing. Yeah. We've got new people here that... Yeah. that you know, Vera uh, is one of our new listeners. I don't think she's in here today, but... But last night, this is a direct answer well, to prayer. I was prayer. saying you're not going to be able to say everything we said in those videos, all I'm saying. This is a direct answer to prayer that might help build your faith. The atheists will all roll their eyes, but that's fine. We expect that. But um, was it yesterday? Yesterday morning, I think, an atheist sent a message to me um, about a video that I made. And honestly, it, it got to me a little bit. They rarely do, but I'm kind of become immune. But this one got to me, and I thought, maybe I should have even made that video. And, and I said, Lord, if that's right, I will take that video down, but let me know. Make it, make it clear to me whether that video should be up or not. Now, this was not a video that I, it was like a week old video, okay? So it wasn't like the most recent two or three videos. And that night, Vera said, you know, you just answered all of the questions I've had about the atonement that have bothered me for years. And then finished by saying, Hope that was helpful. And she said, yeah, I think so. That was confirmation. That was like an extreme answer to a very specific prayer. And so, so, I, so new, new people should hear some of these things. But just yeah. simply put, uh, God is a God of love, but he's also a God of justice. And as a result of that, it would be not good to allow these people to continue that way. And so it was just to bring this penalty. And there are similar things we can say. And you're right. We have other videos on this. In the short videos playlist, there's a video about this. Uh, but there are similar answers to those questions in the Old Testament that you should that, that a person should pick up at their time at Biola, I think. Yeah, that was always my problem with like the Greg Boyd, you know, Peter Inns type approach, though. Okay, so say you don't believe these stories. Then you're stuck with this idea that God's like, okay, say whatever you want about me, that's false, right? That seems dumb, but the other alternative is okay. So, so even if, uh, even if those stories didn't happen, mm -hmm. there's still something about what. And if you assume the inspiration of scripture, even if those stories didn't happen the way that they're described in scripture, they still tell you something that God, if you know, as the ultimate author of scripture, wants you to know about Him, even if. Even if the genocide didn't happen, so-called, they still wanted you to think that it did. You yeah, know what I mean? So, so it doesn't really I, help God's character at all if if yeah. you're looking at it from the standpoint that it didn't really happen, and it doesn't oh, really and it doesn't really help because he allowed it to be in there. Yeah. yeah. So, so what what difference does it make? There's still yeah. something, that, and and what you should learn is what he just said. God is not only a God of love, but he's also a God of justice, and you know, in some cases, 420 years. Yeah. He put up with it. Yeah. And. Read this comment. Yeah. Down 20 pounds now. Doctor said, I'm no longer pre -di Amen. Thank you, Pritchett. It's Theology Geek Fitness stuff. Help you keep. Well, awesome. How about that? Yeah. I knew that would make you that, feel good. It does make me happy. And thank yes. you for the super I'm glad chat. to see Theology Geeks getting fit. Not this one. Yeah, I, you know what, I, I whatever. I'm biking every day to work. Yeah. Come on, man. All right, let's go to the next clip. Um, like a number of things that were, were held even in the early church 
would be considered heretical today by many evangelical Christians. You know, and that's why I really encourage you to do your own homework. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I studied under some some Christian apologists and philosophers and stuff like that, but I know that I had to look into this stuff myself and read the books that I want to read, not just the, the stuff that my school made us read, you know, part of the curriculum, but I was really investigating these things and just saying the diversity of it all. Whoa, 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 whoa. come on, come on. No one at Biola would have tried to discourage you from reading. In fact, we get assigned readings of atheists and people of other faiths and all of this kind of stuff and critics of Christianity and stuff. You would be... You would have been encouraged to go do that. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I needed to go find out for myself and not just this propaganda stuff. By come on, dude, I went to Biola. It's, that's I'm, that one. I'm going to call you out on. You know better yeah. than that. Look at you taking up for Biola, yeah. Eddie. Thank you, Eddie Vasquez, for that super chat. Thank you so much. Shalom, shalom. Yeah, um, nobody was telling you not to. But this is one. They of were his- telling us. You need to go do that. Yeah. Here's a re- here's a reading list. You need to go read. Ermin, and there's more and in the bibliography, read, right? The you need class. to go read all this stuff. Yeah. You know, but, all of these critics. But of Christianity here, but this is stuff. one of his reasons for yeah. for rejecting Christianity because there because was, people disagreed in the early church. People disagree in the modern. You and I sit here right now We're and disagree with one another yes. on several important yes. issues. And you know what? Doesn't matter. You know what the early church all agreed on? The, Jesus. Yeah, he rose from the dead. <laughs> Trinity, you know, uh, they pretty much all agreed. Uh, yeah, there were winners and losers. You know why? Because some people are right and other people are wrong. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Okay. But so, but, here, but here's so the unless thing. you're believing the does. yarn that oh the you know it was all a conspiracy to get the you know the Dan Brown type nonsense, which yeah. he should know better because he went to Biola to not believe those yarns. Yeah. That but, that but, come on, that's not a. Yeah. He, here's the thing. He he. Says also in this, I don't have the clip up, but he says this thing in there about um, uh, about denominations too. Like even today, we've got these different denominations, and this is where I want to come back to. This man was doing stuff in Presbyterian Assembly of God. What else did he say? Southern, Southern Baptist. Baptist. So here's my question. Here's my question. Did you not see that believers in those various churches? were at least on the same page on, on fundamentals. He talks in this thing about fundamentals and says they can't even agree on the fundamentals. No, 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 I'm sorry. Evangelical denominations today, along with Catholics, agree on certain things. And at least in those churches you mentioned, wonderful, godly people yeah, and who the would see each other as brothers and sisters. On, on all the things that matter pertaining to the faith, you know, the one Bible, the... Uh, two Testaments, Thank you, Mason creeds, G. Pritchett never hesitates four. to talk over you. That's yeah. absolutely right. Go ahead. Councils and the consensus of the first five centuries. Everyone everywhere believes that. It's called the Vincentian Canon. Yeah. You know what? No one ever calls you out when you talk over me. Yeah, because it doesn't happen as much. It doesn't as much, right? Well, yeah. I'm, much, I'm not saying it never do. happens. Sometimes I have to talk over you to get to get a chance to talk. <laughs> oh, that's 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 my reason for talking over. You. Okay. Um. All right. So, uh, what what but what else? But so that's no reason. Because people disagree. Okay. We're going to find that this guy, well, we're going to get to what he ended up doing with his life because he didn't become an atheist. Someone said that. That's right. He did not become an atheist, as I understand it. He became something else. And the something else he became, oh, there's all kinds of diversity in that world. So, all right, let's, let's, um, 
Um, let's go on to the next clip. You know, and so in recent years, you know, I've been really evolving and, you know, it, to some people's eyes, it could seem more liberal, you know, whatever that means. And, and but my theology was becoming more inclusive. It was becoming more accepting. By the way, if you go on his YouTube channel and you go like go to uploads and go to videos and go like all the way down, you can go look at where he was preaching in churches. And, and I think still occasionally gets to speak in churches. Of, of views that were kind of like out there among a lot of conservative Christians. And, you know, a lot of the theologies that I was like, starting to accept was more getting rid of like the whole us versus them mentality. And these, these doctrines and theologies that I was holding to seem to kind of explain the common sense things, at least common sense to a lot of people, of, of that kind of removed the separation between us versus them, you know, where, where I was adopting theologies that were more saying that, you know, uh, we're all God's children or um, everyone is my brother and sister, no matter what religion you claim. I mean, people are people, you know, homosexuals are, are still accepted and... Okay, now I, I'm now look, Joshua. If you see this, um, I've been a little sassier this evening than I typically am. But listen to me. Um, we love you. We 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 uh, we don't mean to say anything that is an attack on you as an individual. But we are responding to ideas because ideas aren't persons, and you can respond to ideas. And here's here's the thing about this. I am gonna I'm gonna do something that I normally don't do. I'm gonna speculate here. I have found a commonality among a lot of these deconversion stories. And it and it, there's going to be mention about the homosexuality thing. That's going to come up. And um and I understand why. And the God's God does stuff I don't like in the Old Testament. Okay, now with the homosexuality thing, um I think that I think that and for some people purity culture that, that that whole thing about sexuality is one of the biggest motivators. And I'm not saying because you want to go out and do all kinds of weird sexual stuff. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the desire to, uh, particularly with homosexuality, to not seem uh, bigoted. I've been told that I'm the kindest bigot on the internet. Um, but to not be looked at as a bigot, to be looked at as, um, as inclusive and loving and, and all those kind of things. And for him with the other religions too, I don't want to be acting like these other religions are false. And so, you know, I think that's a big part of it. I think a big part of it is the culture and the moment in history we are in right now um, that, that, that denigrates the exclusivity on any grounds and praises inclusivity. And especially with, as it relates to sexuality, what are your thoughts, Pritchett? Yeah, I mean, as far as us versus them, that's one way to say it. But, I mean, where, where does that kind of thinking go back to? You know, we're not at war against people. Paul makes that clear. But as far as us against them, I understand not that not being a sentiment that sits well. But Jesus said, you're either with me or against me. That comes from him, right? As far as the, as far as the God's views on human sexuality— I'll say two things I always try to say. One, God created humans, and God is a lot smarter than we are. He knows what's best for human flourishment, obviously. 
So if he says it's a certain way and he has a problem with certain things that humans do that are not his uh, design, we have to accept that. Or we have to think we're wiser than God, okay, which I can't accept. The other thing I'll say is, if, that, if God didn't have a problem with it, would I? Probably not. I don't care. But you know what? God says I need to care because yes. it's important to him to have put it in that book. Yes. And to give a design and a standard for which human sexuality is 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 permissible or sinful. So it's not you know, it's not as though I can say, God, you know, I understand you're saying that, but here's my opinion. God didn't care what my opinion was. God doesn't care what Braxton's opinions are. God only cares about his own standards for his creation. And so I accept that. And so when people, you know, ask me, what are you, I say, I, it's a sin. Sorry. I, I, do I, in, in and of myself, care what you do? No, I don't care about most people except Jesus makes me. Okay? But because Jesus makes me, I have to care about all kinds of things that will make culture not like me very yeah, much. Yeah, it's like— So I, what do I do? Jesus says you're either with me or against me, and Jesus affirmed all that stuff that people don't like about the Bible. He said, "Yay and amen to it." In any, so I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm here, and I'm going to say, "Okay, I'm going to be with Jesus." And if that puts me at odds with the culture, guess what? Jesus warned me about that too. Yeah, that's right. And you and know, Pritchett, so here I am in every arena of life, whether it's dieting or yeah. a job that you do, or even a passion or a hobby that you like. There are going to be things about it that you don't like. Right. There are going to be aspects of it that you don't like. You love your job. But you don't love hashing out emails and stuff like you have to do. I don't like that we have to pay taxes and Jesus said, render under Caesar. I want my whole paycheck. <laughs> yeah, there's always going to be things you don't like. Why should, why should faith be the one thing where you're like, no, it should only be everything that I like the way that I think I should like it. Right. It, and this is why, you know. And there's going to be tough pills to swallow. And so, like you said, it's always this, well, these don't sit well with modern culture that I'm a part of. As if this culture has all human wisdom for, for anything. That we should accept. This, that is a that, very chronologically provincial and geographically provincial thing because right. for most of human history, th they would have, yeah, well, for a lot of human history, let's say, where they, where they had these sensibilities, they would have thought that the idea of killing the unborn uh, three weeks before birth in the mother's womb was pretty darn barbaric. Right. Was pretty nasty. Was pretty unenlightened. And obviously so. But now, in this place, in this time, the most enlightened and rational thing to do is to defend someone's right to right. kill and their own child like that. A hundred years from now, it might be different. It might be something else. There will be things that will happen a hundred years from now, moral things like that, with, as technology increases and as morality, the, the subjectively based morality of, of the culture in which you live begins to migrate and change again. There's going to be stuff 100 years from now that, that you think is disgusting and that you want to stand against as an atheist that they're going to say about you, you're bigoted for that. Yeah. I mean, we saw a little bit of about, uh, with, with the cuties thing, right? right. I mean, you know, th this is going to happen. So, so coming back around to, to this gentleman here, th this is why I don't like to psychologize people. And yet, when I hear the, the things that he's laid out in this video... I'm always inclined to think this can't, I mean, when you said the inerrancy and stuff, 
when, what does that have to do with, does God exist and did God raise Jesus from the dead? Because if those things are true, then Christianity is true, period, regardless of about your personal feeling. So this is always a case, and I think Frank Turk does this and it makes people mad. Who cares? I'm going to do it and make people mad. Look, whenever you hear reasons why, there's always something else you're not saying. And it usually goes back to you because this has nothing to do with the tenacity of, you know, and the reliability of Scripture. It has nothing to do with the case of the resurrection. It has to do with, I don't like these things, and I, I think I'm a bad person because I judge other religious texts differently than my own. There's actually good reasons to do that, by the way. To, to judge Scripture by a different standard. I'm going to do something than, now. Than I, you know, I'm going to do something okay. here, Pritchett, that's going to sound a little bit like my old loudmouth, leather lung red Well, you've been on a roll so far, so don't let that now. I, I don't normally do this, but based on the fact that Joshua Tongle was in the type of ministry that I was in for 15 years, traveling and preaching the gospel. And there were some other aspects of it that I didn't have that he had, the healing aspect. We're going to get into that. But I'm just going to say that I, I hope that you hear this and the stuff that sounds kind of tough. I hope you hear it in a spirit of love. And maybe I've been a little sassy sometimes, but I'm calling you to repentance. And I'm calling you back to the foot of the cross and to reject some of the things that you're into now and to once again commit yourself to who should be your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Um, someone just said, Hervey Schmervy said, Hey, Trinity Radio, have you even have you ever seen the Skeptics Annotated Bible yep. which it was just talking about? I've seen many people online deconvert because of that book. Yeah, I'm going to order. I, I've been too. thinking about ordering a copy of that book. It's and online. If, it's available it, online. Yeah, but I want to have it where and, I can look at the notes. And if and, and you if you will send me links somehow to on Facebook or Twitter or somewhere um, to uh, where you have deconversion stuff related to that book, I will make videos about. Oh, it. and it's so bad. I mean, it's like you can get a Geisler book from twenty five years ago to sell ninety percent of that. You know, it's it's bad. <laughs> Pritchett and Braxton are seriously killing it right now. You guys keep on rolling. I'm loving this. Well, thank yes, you, sir. Derek. We need an amen corner. Yeah. It's hard to have one on the internet. Yeah. We have manipulated YouTube's modern technologies to create an old-fashioned amen corner. But it does go back. They, they're talking about deconversions. It does go back to what I said earlier, that some of that's on the churches. Yeah. If something as ridiculous as that is causing deconversions, it's, you know. Oh, and you know what? Here's something else. I was thinking about this as Paul Copan was on Scholar Fiction Show the other day. You know, it... Scholar, I don't know if it was, I don't know, maybe it wasn't on that show. Somebody asked the question, well, wait a minute, like the drowning in the flood and stuff. Couldn't God have just poofed those people away instead of drowning a little baby? Drowning is not pleasant and all that. Or when, when, you know, if it is the case that it wasn't ancient Near Eastern war rhetoric when they went in and slaughtered everything that breathed. Well, yeah, you can say, okay, that if you believe in heaven, that those children went on to be with the Lord in heaven and all that, but that, but they had to experience the pain and suffering of dying. Hold on. How do you know that? How do you know that? Seriously, doctors today within a block of this building can give you an injection that make it where you're high as a kite, not feeling anything. Why can't God make it such that these children don't feel anything and instantly go to be with the Lord? I don't know that he did that. I'm just saying you don't either. So I don't think yeah. he. I don't think he. You don't know. I, I tell you what. Though, I don't. I don't know. I, I you don't you, know. You know, it's it's what 
Clay Jones says, though. Okay, so drowning is actually pretty horrific, you know, way to go. And that all becomes nothing staring eternity of the heaven and then the new heavens and new earth. That becomes nothing on the the timeline of your life. So we all experience pain. That's a particularly yeah. horrific one. Yeah. But you know what? For those who, uh, and I believe, um, go immediately to the presence of the Lord. Yeah, sure. The, you know, the young children. I'm just saying it's that. a defeater to that claim. You can't prove it. Well, yeah, but you can't. <laughs> there's, there's, I, I, I'm not, all I'm saying is, in, in comparison to the eternity that they'll have, it doesn't matter. Well, that's true too. But I, there I'm are just, there I'm are Christians saying. who have drowned to death. The sled argument. This yeah. I don't know why this person's talking about abortion. Did yeah. we say something about? But I will say this: the sled argument is my favorite way to get a pro-choice or thinking. I don't even have to convince people of pro-life. I just have to get them thinking rationally. I agree, G Sauce. Uh, yeah. And Amen. we have a video on that called "Choosing Life" or something on the short yeah. videos playlist. You can go check that out where I go through the sled argument. And all right. Uh, see um what what am i what what was i going to do next oh the final clip the final clip here we go you ready folks chomping at the bit with questions so we need to get to the question yeah because i just open up my eyes and i see the real world and there are people who are able to love you know there are people able to heal and uh people able to do good you know that are not christians people who are are still financially prosperous and they're not tithing stop so this for, for yes i okay. know go ahead no you go ahead what okay else? what is this business about people are financially doing fine but they're not tithing this is what i mean about man i'm being too i'm no being, go let it i'm giving too much attitude let it out man well the thing about it is he's he's out here preaching all over missionary pastor apologist gone to biola and talbot and everything grown up in a church but yet he thinks that, that, that there's some guarantee that if you tithe, you're going to be financially prosperous or that people that don't won't be. That, that makes no sense. The yeah. Bible, I grew up with verses like this, Jeremiah 12, 1. Um, uh, you, O Lord, when I plead with you, yet let me talk are with you, you about your judgments. Are you getting to the age where you need this? Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why are those happy who deal so treacherously? Jeremiah 12, 1. Or Job 21, 7 through 13. Why do the wicked live and become old? Yes, become mighty in power. Their descendants are established. Blah, 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 blah. It goes on down. I don't mean to blah, blah, blah the Bible. They spend their days in wealth and in a moment go down to the grave. Or, David, do, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. Uh, do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Do not fra- do not fret. It only causes harm. Psalm 37, 1, and then 7 through 8. The Bible is replete with examples of, guess what? I mean, Jesus, it rains on the just and the unjust. Mm-hmm. The Bible is replete with passages in the Old and New Testament that tell you, expect, like you said a while ago, mm-hmm. to be rejected among men. Expect the unrighteous to not like you. And expect to find them prospering in an earthly monetary way. Yeah or in a power struggle and you, and you not doing that. Yeah. Expect life to be hard, but remain faithful to your God. Nonetheless. Right. That's why first Peter is the most underutilized book of the Bible for, for the church in America right now, where other people in other nations cling to it as if that, that is where they find comfort. Whereas we want to ignore the suffering. Uh, Even, even 
you know, conservative evangelical churches that should know better and and get they don't they don't go to First Peter, which is probably the most important New Testament epistle for our time. But in, anyway, that and this this idea of my eyes were open. Where, why does it? All these non, all these apostasy stories with this. But then my eyes were open. No, you shut your brain off. Is what it sounds like to me. See, I'll I'll say something mean. Sounds to me like you shut your brain off for for you know low the lowest hanging fruit I could think of for someone who went to Bible. People love. disagree. Yeah, I didn't like what God did in the Old Testament. Right, and and gay people. Yeah. Oh, we love gay people. Yeah. I don't. So I don't. I. I it's just so. You know, I want I want an easier. You're the you know talk about I, I, financial hardships. It sounds like he's just wanting an easier ride, and he found found it. Look, I get it, man. Being an apostate with those kind of credentials, and and um, you know, I left Christianity because I was awakened to blah, whatever blah ends up being, which is nothing. We'll get to that. But look, I get it. It's a good gig, you know. A lot of apologists, we joke, you know, if money gets rough, you know, you, you could just do the apostate thing, you know. Uh, I get it. It's a good gig. It makes your life easier. And that's why there's a part of me that says some of that, not having to do with evidence or contradictions and all of this other stuff that he's giving in this testimony. That's why there's more to it than that. And it all comes down to self-centeredness, really. I just don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul, but it's not even just about that. Yeah. Like, here's here's the thing. Like, first of all, well, Christianity, it's all about carrots and sticks, man. It's all about rewards and punishments. Well, guess what? Uh, that's a darn good reason, but it's not the only thing. Hmm. You know, when I first... I've said this, but it's been a long time. When I was sitting in the student center at Middle Tennessee State University and looked over and saw the woman who would become Sarah Hunter. I looked over at her and the reason I went to talk to her in a rare moment of courage as a gutless, doughy, I had long hair at the time at least, I wasn't bald, guy was, she's hot, man. She's hot. Should you marry someone just because they're hot? No. Is it nice that they're also it, hot? That, but yeah. that might initially attract you to someone. Right. I didn't love her yet. Oh, it's love at first sight. No, there's a word for that, lust. I looked over at her and I saw her. I thought, she's hot. I'm going to go talk to her. I go over and talk to her. And over a period of conversations and dates and weeks, I loved her. I came to love her. And she was hot. But it wasn't just because of that. So the initial thing that got me there was her hotness. Uh, but what kept me there was love. Now, it may well be that someone comes to Jesus to be saved from something, mm -hmm. but then you love Jesus. You learn to love Jesus. And so when I hear this, this sort of thing, I mean, I don't know. It's not, I just think you're giving up more than just the, the, you know, the salvation in the, in the sense of rewards versus punishments. I think you're giving up a real relationship with Jesus that may sound cliche, but it's more than a placard you hang on the wall that you got from the Christian bookstore for those who've experienced it. And I wouldn't trade it for anything, even if there were no hell. Yeah. All right. 
I'm preaching a little bit. Well, I'm just saying this guy. I would, I would, I would cut him more slack if he didn't have the credentials that he has, but he has them, and so this, these kind of pitter patter, low hanging fruit stuff. Not, I, I find it hard to believe that that of all the things you could bring up, you know, and and would know to bring up. It's just I'm not. There's something that tells me there's something else and it seems like it's probably along the i want to be accepted and seen as this kind of person as opposed to, not because it's true not because i have any arguments for some sort of wacko liberal theology that eventually led me out of christianity altogether or whatever uh, and not because i can give a rigorous philosophical defense for my current worldview and how that works which we're what we got one more clip on that um, no, we're done. Well, we're not done with this yeah. clip, but yeah. But but yeah, I mean, but there's the, it's it's usually there's something more self-centered about it, and yeah. less Christ-centered about it. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Keep here. Going. We go. We're going to the. We're going all the way here. A big thing that really opened up my eyes was this whole area of healing because. As you all know, that's a big area in my life. Um, I was trained in the whole Christian versions of healing growing up, you know what I'm saying? And, and I was even, you know, doing uh, healing ministry and traveling and doing healing seminars. And But it was always within... Hey, are you folks in the chat subscribed to this channel? Come on, please do us a favor. Just hit that subscribe button while this plays. A certain christian version of it granted it was different from a lot of my traditional pentecostal stuff but it was still labeled as christian and so anything that was not identified as like christian healing back then i would still think of it as demonic or it's just not of god or they're not real healings or miracles or those things you know so Maybe. Um, that was my mentality back then but i, I eventually stepped out of the box and was very open and, and hungry to learn just different modalities because I know that there are different styles, different modalities of healing. And so I started to look into those things. I started to practice some of those things. And, and just my conclusion, folks, is that what I started to notice is that the main principles of healing that are found in different Christian traditions or even different healing modalities they're pretty much the same thing, man. It's just a matter of semantics, you know, just, just minus all the demonic stuff, you know, where you got to cast out demons and, you know, but the part about visualizing and, and, and uh, intention and all those things, that, that's a universal thing that's, that's found in different healing modalities that I've noticed. And that's what's just been so eye-opening for me. Okay. Um... Actually, he was originally right, and he affirmed... The right thing about that. There are two sources of power. Thank you, Hervey Schmervy. I really appreciate that. For He's, there are two sources of power for this. It could be a, either the power of the spirit or the power of the evil one that allows you to do wicked things. Now that the evil one can disguise itself and dress itself any number of ways to make you think that it's not the demonic, as in what Jesus encountered or or whatever in the new, you know, demons. That doesn't mean they aren't demons. It just means that they're not dressed up like demons in that. But there's only two sources of power. And if you already have a Christian worldview, you know you should know that, yeah, Christianity accounts for supernatural events that, okay, some of them may not have ever occurred. They may have been phonies. There's a lot of phonies in Christian, uh, you know, so-called Christian healings and stuff too. Oh, yeah. But some of them are real, and some of them are real 
But who's powering that? And what is your overall worldview now if Christianity belongs in the commode because you don't think it's true anymore? Okay, what exists and why and what's your evidence and what powers this healings as opposed to those healings? Now, it sounds to me like he thinks that other modalities and it's all a semantic game. Okay, so what is it that's actually true that makes Christianity, goes back to what we were saying to our Hindu friend, that makes Christianity also work with this? Mm-hmm. Okay, give me that worldview of what you believe. What underwrites that? And usually, and this is why I tell people every week that I don't think atheism is as big of a thing as this kind of neo-paganism, spiritualism stuff. That's the bigger threat to Christianity that we need to counter as apologists. So, because I, because what you never hear from them is a rigorous philosophical defense of a worldview that can account for all of these facts and and phenomena. Right? Christianity already can. Christianity defeats all other worldviews. Christianity can give an account for why non-Christian healings and other supernatural events can occur. Right? Amen. We understand the power sources behind those, and there's only two. Yeah, absolutely. Because God right. exists, God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus confirms everything that's true about the Bible. So therefore, we live in a world where there's angels and demons and all kinds of supernatural activity. Right. There's there's so, there's power there's powerful magicians in Egypt's Egypt. court, yeah. right? Doing that, we yes, there's a power behind all that. Yes. What is the ultimate source of that power? Now. What? Satan. Now, Pritchett, the evil one. This is where people would say, mm-hmm. well, hold on a second. How do you know that you're not on the bad side of that? And the answer, of course, is that's where we go to the evidence. Yeah. And we think that we have we think that we have solid evidence for the truth right. of Christianity, not least among the resurrection defenses. Yeah. And so for that reason, we we have strong reason to believe that this is true. So anyway, um I I, I think uh but this is what happened. He left Christianity. One of the reasons is he realizes that healings work outside of Christianity. Like you say, where is the source of that power? Because we see stuff like that, as you indicated too, in the Bible. And then on top of that, um, he's doing also, if you go look at his channel, astral projection, where you leave your body and have a conscious experience and go into other dimensions and things like that whenever you want to. And you can even do it two or three times a day, he says in one video. And the law of attraction, you manifest your own reality and all of these kinds of things. So this guy went from, I'm a preacher and, and I'm going around the world sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to Biola and Talbot. And then somewhere along the way, he slipped off into this, um, you know, Phineas Quimby kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and, and if he's watching this, if he ever sees this video, I'll, I'll, this is my thing. I don't want to hear about why you don't like Christianity. I don't want to hear about your, I don't want you to go run to Bart Ehrman to find out things that you can come back and say to us that we've responded to a hundred times. I don't want to hear anything about why yeah. you don't like Christianity. That was good. Those <laughs> arguments have been around forever. We've answered those arguments. I'm not interested in that debate. What I want is for some new age spiritualist, whatever you're going to, put on your worldview, give me a philosophical account of that worldview and the system that powers it. G- give, me, give me your metaphysics. Yeah. Not, not your experiences. I want your metaphysics. I want, I want your comprehensive philosophical defense for this worldview. Yeah. I want to understand the systems that power it. Is it, is it, is it a God? Is it the force? 
what is it? I want, mm-hmm. I want, I want a rigorous philosophical defense of your worldview. Don't tell me what's wrong with Christianity. I already what? know all the complaints about Christianity and why people leave it. What I really want to hear is you to defend your spiritualism, your okay. whatever this new age thing is. I want to, I want somebody to stand up and give a rigorous philosophical defense for all the metaphysics behind it. And so it. let's take a look at his reasons. Yeah. So there's disagreements among Christians. Well, there's a whole lot of disagreements among the people who practice the sorts of things that you're practicing. Yeah. We realize now that disagreements among people don't have anything to say about the truth. And then, um, well, there's God did stuff in the Old Testament that I didn't like. And Pritchett made a good point. Well, whatever God or force or impersonal force or whatever you believe in out there certainly allowed for an expression that, uh, that, uh, that appears to present God that way, right? So if you mm-hmm. want to pin that, let's pin that back the other way. Um, and what else? What, were the other, what was the other reason that he gave? Oh, contradictions. Well, but we didn't get any contradictions. I, I, that's fine. We weren't given any that, That's just the hand You're giving him that one. He doesn't have to give a five-hour video on every issue. That He's just throwing that out there. We, can, okay. we, we right. know what they are. Give you a pass on that, Josh. Yeah. I don't know what they are. Um, but all right. So in the end— No, it's a talking point. And we saw, and we saw some, some interesting biblical claim, uh, interesting claims about the Christian experience, like that if you don't tithe— then you won't get, you won't be wealthy or something. I mean, now, honestly, Pritchett, oh gosh, this could really upset people. And I know that not everyone who goes under the banner of charismatic, which technically me and Pritchett do because we're not cessationists, even though we don't get any of the, the cool stuff. Cool we have stuff. no cool superpowers yeah. um, yet. I pray for all of them. Pray for the gifts. Like Paul said, I'm waiting. I'll say what y'all tell me to say. That's I want right. more of Jesus if I can get more of Jesus. Yeah. But here, but here's the thing that, that, there are some charismatics who match in some me- measure the sorts of things that he indirectly referenced about his beliefs as a Christian. And they kind of stream well for a de- deconvert into a very mystical non-Christian experience that he landed on. So I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. You don't want to say anything about it either, do you? You're scared. Okay. <laughs> no, it's just, I mean, they're, 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 but I mean, most charismatics know to screen out the yahoos, right? Most sound, theological yeah, sounds sure. screen out the yahoos. And he, I mean, being a, he should know better than that. Like I said, I would hold him to a lower standard if he didn't have the education he had, but he should know better than all of that. He knows that these, these are the lowest hanging fruit excuses that he could come up with. And well, he knows better. All right. You were trot better. Have more respect for your alma mater. Yeah. Go Biola. Not, not, not saying you can't go to Biola and reject Christianity. No, I'm saying the reasons why you did. You know that this is this is that that kind of stuff. That's not. If you know enough to know that you don't have to affirm inerrancy, to not, you know this is about something else other than those kind of quibbles. Well, folks, I guess we've kind of come down to the end of this. Yeah. I don't, and I don't see any like comments or questions. Oh, people had all kinds us. of questions. Number one. Yes, um, was it the brothers Karamazov came up uh, a thousand it's too pages. Many comments. Let me tell you something about that. Um, you can go to YouTube or you can go to Librivox and you can listen to the audio version of it. And you can put it on double speed and you can get through it. There's all the great books are on Librivox and on YouTube as audio, and you can and 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 the 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 readers range from really good to serviceable, but. But yeah, what's your? If you latest don't want to pay for the audio books, 
Um, I don't know. I haven't actually, I, the, I haven't, I don't know what the last thing I, let me turn on my app. Cause I can't remember the last time I actually read a book, uh, on LibriVox. Okay. So I'll answer some of these. So somebody asks, uh, what do I think about omnism or omniism? I don't know where that went, which I think is the, like, it's like, um, like, I don't, you need to distinguish that for uh, me. Tale between of Two like, Cities. Tale of Two Dickens, Cities. That's yeah. what you read. I, I need to know the different. Like what I started. When I think omnism is like a respect for for all religions or something. I I it's I mean, you can respect aspects of all religions, but I don't think you can accept the central truth claims of all religions. But maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not up on it yeah if you had a question and you're still with us start putting them in now because we can't scroll back up and omnism the belief that no religion is truth but that truth is found in all in them all well i obviously don't believe that no religion is I, truth, yeah i don't believe whatever the that first line means. but i do believe that truth. But yeah there's truth found in all religions right yeah sure but i don't believe that there that no religion is truth uh I, jesus is the truth right if you're a Christian, you you have to reject that proposition. So I think, and I also think it's everyone knows that that that's that's a stupid thing to say because that I don't know. That's just that makes no sense. This person says Trinity Radio LibriVox is all um, volunteers, so go volunteer. Yeah, do because there's some terrible ones on there that need. People Most of them like. are pretty good. There, I've only come across a few just readers that I couldn't hang with. Um, oh, here's another super chat. Did I miss some super chats? Uh, Derek, curious if you guys think evangelical support of Trump is a stumbling block in apologetics and evangelism. No. Well, it's a, it's a fake one. No, hold on. Let me, let me. Well, okay. You give your answer. And then I'll give my If answer. it is, it's a fake one. It's an excuse. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why Trump would come. Wait a minute. So you just gave this argument, but do you are you voting for the Republican guy? Oh, wait a minute. Then then that argument you just gave for the resurrection doesn't count anymore. I well, don't even know what that means. I, that's I do. That's where you yeah. lecture somebody and say, "No, well, regardless of who I'm voting for, that has nothing to do with the merits of what I just said." So first, if it's a stumbling block for some people, it just means that yeah, you're dealing with stupid people. First of all, thank you for the super chat, Derek. And um, but yeah, I I said it is, but it's a phony one. It's a silly one. It may be, but not everyone's thought about these things to this depth. And here is a problem, and that is that uh, for many people um, our age and younger, let's say, and maybe maybe just many people in general, Christianity has been identified with the religious right to such a degree that Trump and uh, Christianity uh, of, the, of the sort that, these sorts of people are aware, you know, evangelical Christianity gets all balled up together in one thing. And it's like, you got to take it all as a package. Yeah. That, that is, that's a problem. That is one thing that's true that white evangelicals have close ties to the Republican party. Now, if that's a knock, then what about black evangelicals and their close ties with the Democrat party? There's always, I mean, Overwhelmingly, like 80% of black evangelicals vote for Democrats. 80% of white evangelicals vote for Republican. If if one is horrible, the other is horrible too. Or politics just shouldn't really matter that much as far as our mission as the church. And that's what I go with. 
Eddie Vasquez says, Trinity Radio, how would you respond to someone who claimed that their grandfather exercised demons as a Mormon if they have the wrong Jesus? How were they able to do that? Well, well, uh, I'd have to invest. I'd have to is that true? About the did, claims. That, did that happen? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, just because we believe that there are supernatural crazy things happening in the world doesn't mean we believe every claim that it did. Um, also, you know, I, you know well, the skeptic in me initially rejects most of them on spec until I hear more evidence. And consider it, yeah. that if we accept the existence of the demonic, as we do, because we think it's a system-dependent belief, these are beings that have existed for a long, long, long time, right? Mm-hmm. People, like, have you ever read the screw tape letters, which obviously is, is you know, giving you some speculative idea of how things can happen. Well, here's the thing. I want think about this. We have some of the most elaborate strategies, military strategies, uh, courtroom strategies, things like that. And we only live 80 years, 100 if we're lucky, right? Okay, these demonic entities can come up with really strange strategies, like a possession that then seems to have been exercised, right? Mm. There's all kinds of demonic stuff that can go on. So I would want to know that it happened first. And even then, I, like we said, like we've been saying, what's the source of that supernatural event? Hey, right? put Harvey's stay there. What? Down at the bottom. The Harvey Schmurvy? Yeah. Right. The Republican Party is not the Christian Party. The Democrat Party is not the Christian Party. The Constitutionalist Party... The Libertarian Party, none of that. If Christians would actually get together conservative, theologically conservative Christians and evangelicals and all of that, got together and decided that they've had enough of both of the parties and decided to have a real third party, it would be a third party built to compete because there's still a large number of people that would take votes from both of the other parties, and you could have a legitimate Christian party if they could ever agree on politics. And it turns out that when you look at the uh, evangelicals who vote for Democrats and the evangelicals who vote for uh, Republicans, overwhelmingly white evangelicals vote for Republicans, overwhelmingly black evangelicals vote for Democrats, they, on, on a lot of things they actually agree on. And so if all Christians, and then Latino, they're, they're kind of split between the two parties as well, evangelical Christians and Catholics. And if you did have a mere Christianity approach to this, go wider, you know, we're Catholics and evangelicals, uh, you know, uh, white, black, Latino, Asian, the Korean Baptist Church, everyone got together as Christians, as Orthodox Christians and formed a political party that was a Christian party, it would be a great thing. But why we don't do it? It escapes me, but we have enough leaders and spokespeople who say, you know what, maybe we should try this. You know, you get you get John uh, Piper and you get uh, Al Mohler and you get um, uh, Franklin Graham and you get all these people uh, in a room and say, hey, why don't we stop voting for Republicans and Democrats and actually have a Christian political party in America? Well, that here, might be something. Thing. You that think that's going to ever happen? No. Well, you're be- wrong. Because really? one day... Democracy oh, when will, Jesus comes, okay, stop, yeah, stop. that's what you're... One day, democracy will crumble. See, I agree with the wise philosopher Anakin Skywalker from Star Wars Episode Two, no. when sitting in the grass with the cow, alien cow things, with Padme, he says, I believe we need one leader, one wise leader, 
who will make all the decisions for everyone and rule justly. I agree. That's right. Anakin was right. The thing is, he's describing Jesus. And Jesus doesn't live on no Death Star, baby. And one day, Jesus is going to come. And it will be a Christian kingdom, as a matter of fact. Right? You didn't think that sound. You thought that sounded too spiritual. Is that what it is? Yeah, because you asked me a question. I'm sorry. You, was... you made me feel slimy talking about politics. And so I had to go for the ideal. Well, I'm saying, how about we Christians actually form a Christian party so we don't have to deal no, with you're right, Republicans you're right. and Democrats? Uh, you have I all these bad, Christian Derek. leaders out there. Derek, I feel bad because you just gave us $50, <laughs> which is unbelievable. Thank you so much. Um, you did that, and I don't know anything about the American Gospel film. Do I don't you? know. No, I've, I've heard. Is that other... the one that has Winger in one of them? Mike Winger in one of them? I don't know. I've heard people talk about it, but I've never seen it. You know, I just uh, the least I can do is Google it while he's talking yeah, about something. Appreciate. I don't. I don't. Re- yeah, I. I don't watch those kind of movies. Like I know that there was a movie that came out called Calvinism or something. I saw the trailer for it. I don't. I don't watch those kind of things on. I don't watch much television, but when I do, it's not evangelical produced stuff. So, um. is Christianity Christ plus the American Dream? American Gospel examines how the prosperity gospel has distorted the gospel message and how this theology is being exported abroad. The feature length film is the first in a series. American Gospel Christ crucified. So I don't, I, I mean, well, let's see who's endorsing this. John Piper's endorsing it. Tim Challies. Um, I, I don't know. I, I thought maybe this was the one that had Winger in one of them. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. You gave us a bunch of money, and I can't do anything to earn that money. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can. You can watch this and give an opinion about it. <laughs> okay. That's a, yeah. I will. Mostly reform people behind it, but they have good motive, motive behind it, too. Yeah, I mean, look, we've got reform people working at Trinity. So we we're we like reformed people that we think they're incorrect. Hmm. They think we are. We're the ones that are right about that. But, you know, um, they can still put a good movie together. Yeah, and uh, praise can, Jesus. That's something we can do during business hours like Trinity Radio. And we can watch this. Oh, here you go. So I don't have to Chris watch Date, who is a Calvinist and a member of the Trinity Commission and a professor here, analyzed American Gospel on his podcast. So go check that out and check that out. Um, yeah, wingers in the second one. Okay. All right, folks, listen, I've enjoyed this. This has been a really good crowd. The biggest crowd we've had in a while. We got up to like, I don't know, 150 at one point. So, uh, listen, if you haven't subscribed, just go ahead and subscribe. And somebody said, said this right. And I pinned the comments first time I ever pinned a comment. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, hit the bell too, because the subscribe helps, but, um, the bell means you'll actually know when we're doing this again, which by the way, if you don't know every Friday at one o'clock, that's the goal every Friday at one o'clock. Um, so, uh, I'd love, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to see you here again, Pritchett, anything to go, go ahead now with all your, your theology geek fitness. And, and of course our second channel, Trinity radio extra linked in the description already. Yeah. Go subscribe to that. Because that's got some good theology stuff that we don't usually do on Trinity Radio proper. Yeah, and uh, remember our friends in the Trinity Commission, uh, Chris Dates, The Apologetics Podcast, The Bible Bro Down with uh, Matt Chisholm and Billy Winland, Soteriology 101 with Leighton Flowers, and uh, 
narrow path with Steve Gregg and is 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 there other I think we can we announce the other ones or are we still not doing that? No, you can. Sean Hurst? Yeah. Uh who else? Did we not say? Did Tim Stratton say free thinking? Was Tim Stratton, yeah, yeah. F- maybe. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, he did say <laughs> that he was on the Trinity Commission. Thank, yeah, so thank you all. Lot, lots of good podcasts to watch. Maybe we'll get uh, Chris Featherstone's Vision United uh, on uh, the Trinity Commission so he can, uh, you know. Thank you, Pigs Can Fly. Yeah. Jim Amberg's right. It's So when I said 1 o'clock, I mean 1 o'clock Central Standard Time. Thank you, Mainframe, for subbing. Um, how does one become a channel member? Uh, this is important. If you are one of those people that we do not require, but we're gracious, but is gracious enough to give us money, like on a monthly basis, we would encourage you to do that through Patreon at patreon.com slash Trinity radio, um, because they take a much less of a cut than YouTube does, uh, for channel members. But I realized that some people would think it was cool to be a channel member and get some of the little, you know, perks. I don't, I don't give away free stuff there or anything like that. The, the, it just get, lets you, it says that you're a channel member. And if you just want to show that off and get some emojis that are specific to our channel, then I have that set for a dollar. You can do that, but it should be next to the subscribe button for, for you since you yeah. asked. All right, Eddie, thank you. And once again, if you want to learn formally, you can go to trinitysim.edu. You can uh, learn informally at Braxton Hunter's website at braxtonhunter.com. And Which is also have, trinityradio.org. Yeah. Both will take you there. Uh, and he, you've got some of your cor- older courses that we, you've put on there for, for free. Yeah. Let's yeah, get off so here people so people can watch Winger. Oh, yeah. Winger's coming on. Yeah. So. But uh, we've enjoyed it, folks. And uh, listen, get, mark it down somewhere. If you're not going to click the bell, mark it down that we are here every Friday at 1 o'clock. And next Wednesday... Yeah, next Wednesday, Steve Gregg is going to be in town with us. He won't be on Trinity Radio. Man, that stinks. But, well, so far as I know, but... I'm just going to be sitting to listen to him lecture all day. He will, we will, uh, he will be speaking at our church, and we'll try to live stream that, okay? Yeah, and he will be... On Facebook, we'll try to live stream Yeah, and he'll be giving personal classes to those of us who get to be in the room while we record them, so that's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right, folks, love you all. And we'll see you next time on Trinity Radio. Ryan, if you mean us, then we so appreciate you and are proud to have you. Thank you so, so much. Also, the name of that uh, surprising alternative is Weird Spiritualism Oprah Religion Gibberish.